0: on to say praise God in this sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, Let everything that's breathing today bless his holy name. He's worthy to be praised. Indeed, indeed, it is a blessing to be in this place, and I'm glad to be here with you At the first service, God was with us, and I can already tell he's in this building. He's in this place. I thank God for your pastor, who is one of my closest friends, uh, Dr. Myron Edmonds, for his wife, uh, Dr. Shanae, and for the kids, Cam, and for Taylor. We are grateful for your pastoral family, and I want you to just thank God for whom God has sent you in the person of Dr. Myron Edmonds and his family. Come on, you can do better than that. Praise God. Come on, praise God. He is indeed a visionary. um, And to be taking you through this process um, and through this journey that you're on is indeed a blessing. And I thank God for his courage, for his faithfulness to the call of God. And uh, I want to let you know that um, the anointing and the favor that you see on his life, it comes with a cost. It comes, it comes with a cost. It's, it's, it's not as easy as he makes it look. So if you would, just remember to pray for him, to pray for his family, to lift him up in prayer because he needs it. And uh, church, it's all right to appreciate your pastor as well amen amen it's it's all right to do that You're, you're not you're not gonna give him the big head he's not he's not gonna lose his mind if you tell him every now and again if you text him or send him an email or stop him and say pastor i'm praying for you god is using you because while god gets the glory people need to be encouraged amen amen so we praise god for your pastor who has poured into my life so many times Um, when I was struggling, when I was doubting what God was doing, and uh, I just thank God for him and his friendship. I want to say to you, I'm glad for the process that you're in, the journey that you're in. Stay with it until you get to the other side. You're going to be in a little transition process, I understand, but God has great things in store. Do you believe that, church? I said, do you believe that, church? Amen. Amen. This is the beginning of this revival, and I want to share with you a word I think that's going to be helpful uh, for you as we begin this time together. And I pray that you will receive this uh, in your spirit today. I want to uh, invite you to stand with me, in Genesis chapter 35. I want to read in your hearing Genesis chapter 35, verse 16 through 18. And. Uh, yeah, I'm right. I'm standing in front of it for those of you who want to read it. So, Genesis thirty-five sixteen through eighteen, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. You can read along or whatever version you may have. If you're ready, say yes. This is the word of the Lord today. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. I want to read verse 18 once again for emphasis that you understand place our sermonic spotlight on this text and so it was as her soul was departing for she died that she called his name ben Oni, but his father called him benjamin would you turn to somebody beside you and say neighbor okay let's say that again neighbor what is your name all right Turn to the other neighbor on the other side. Doesn't matter even if you came with them today. Even if you know their name, say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. What is your name? What is your name? Amen. I want to preach that today. You may be seated. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. I remember when I was uh, pastoring in my second district down in Brunswick and Waycross, Georgia, a little place, and I went to get my hair cut one day. And I remember when I went to go get my hair cut in this place, it was a barbershop and a beauty salon that were housed under the same roof. And um, on the left is where you got your hair cut, and on the right is where you got your hair did, you know, because sisters get their hair did. So... We were there, and if you go left, you get your hair cut. To the right, you get your hair did. So I'm sitting there in this waiting room, and we're waiting, and the barber chair hasn't opened up for me yet. There's a sister who's sitting beside me, black sister, and she's got her daughter. She's around 30 years old. Daughter's around 10 years old. And I remember, I wasn't eavesdropping. I was just heard, because she was sitting right beside me, their conversation. I remember this ten-year-old black girl this ten-year-old african-american girl Looks with hope into her mother's eyes and says, Mommy, one day I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get a great career, and I'm gonna be somebody. Uh, and, And I was encouraged by that to hear a young black girl talk to her mother like that. I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna have a great career, and I'm going to be somebody. But I was disturbed by her mother's response. This black woman looks into the eyes of this black girl and says, You ain't gonna do nothing great you ain't gonna be nothing great because you ain't gonna be no better than me that's what she said. She, she looked into the eyes of hope and sowed discouragement. She looked into the eyes of her own daughter and spoke her dream down. She, she deconstructed this hopeful dream that this young black girl is dreaming, this black mother now tears it down. The seed is planted, and she's supposed to water the seed till it grows into fruition and manifests itself in a great productive life but she the mother who was the steward of the seed stomps the seed into the ground and tries to destroy it remember what she said you ain't going to do nothing you ain't going to be nothing because you will be no better than me what she was doing was speaking from a place of pain and transferring her pain to the next generation Mm, Stay with me. So that the next generation would have no chance because mother is supposed to speak life, but mother is speaking death. Mother is supposed to encourage, but mother is discouraging. And so in a real sense, the one who is supposed to protect her attacks her dream. This is Black History Month, so I think it's relevant. But I am in the text, you know, because in the text it says that Rachel is pregnant. If you read verses 1 through 15 and even chapters before, you will discover that Rachel is married to Jacob. Jacob. Jacob wanted Rachel the first time he saw her. She was fine. He said, I've got to have her. Spoke to the father and said, I'll work for her. You know she had to be fine because brother put some work in for her. Yeah. <laughs> puts in some work for her and the Bible records that on the wedding night when he's getting his bride, she's wearing this veil. They go into the chamber to consecrate and to consummate and to worship because, you know, that's worship. So they go into the room and as they're in there to consummate and consecrate, he has a good time, but in the morning, he wakes up. She unveils herself and it's not Rachel, it's Leah. Lord have mercy. Have you ever gone to bed with something that didn't look the same in the morning. Well, All right. Well, he he realizes that that, that what he got into was not what he signed up for. I could stop right there and preach that because there's a whole lot of us who signed up for stuff. And then when we get to the end of it, we realize it's not what we signed up for. So now he's upset and he wants Rachel. So he has to work several more years for the one he really loved. Now he's got two wives and two handmaidens. He's got children. But watch this. Rachel now wants to have children, the Bible says that she is barren. She cannot have children. So she continues to pray. Leah is spitting out kids and the handmaidens are spitting out children. And what you need to know, the significance of this is, is that a woman's worth was based on her ability to have children back then. So, so the honorable position was given to Leah, but Leah was not the one he loved. So Rachel said, I need your honor, God. I need your favor. Open up my womb. God." the prayer and gives her Joseph. Does anybody remember Joseph? Remember Remember Joseph and Joseph, his name literally means God, you will do it again you will do this again. She prays. She has Joseph, but she's not satisfied. Leah has many kids. She's got to catch up, so she prays again, and as she is praying, God opens her womb again. Here's where we find her in verse 16. If you're still with me, say yes. We find her in verse 16. She's got the second child on the way. This child is literally her prayer request in her womb. She's carrying around her prayer request. Every Every time the baby kicks, she remembers God answers prayer. Every time she has morning sickness, she remembers God answers prayer. Every time, every time she feels the baby move and contort in her womb, she remembers God answers prayer. And as this prayer request is growing, the Bible says when she's getting ready to give birth, she has hard labor. Somebody say hard labor. It's painful. It's excruciating. It's discomforting. And now because she is having hard labor, her nurse tells her, don't worry, baby. You gonna have this child. God has given you this child. Wait for it. Now, now she's getting ready to have birth and she's having hard labor. And when she pushes the baby out, because of her pain, she does something she should not have done. She names the child Ben-Oni. Now Ben-Oni doesn't mean much to us because most of us don't know what it means. It means son of my pain. Yeah. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere today. That, 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 that she names the baby out of her painful experience. Yeah. Because of her own dysfunction, she now transfers her dysfunctional perspective to a generation that's just now coming into the world. Mm, Help them to get this, Holy Ghost. So because she feels pain, she names her child pain, not because her child feels pain, but because she feels pain. And so, because her painful per- her painful experience distorts her perspective, and now watch this she names her blessing a curse, because she does not understand that pain is part of the process. Okay, all right, all right. Let me try it over here. Uh, so, so. Remember, this is, her pain. this is her prayer request. Her prayer request comes into the world, but because her prayer request comes with pain, she calls it a curse. Let me ask you this question. How many of you are aborting God's answers to your prayers because they came with pain that you never expected? Mm, preach Holy Ghost preach how many of you are turning your back on the blessings of God because you asked for an open door and he gave you a closed door Mm. yeah how many of you are mad at God because he made the relationship deteriorate instead of making it accelerate do you not know that some of the best blessings come with pain See, the truth of the matter is, many of us are experiencing answers to our prayers that we forgot we prayed. Uh, come here, let me help you. Huh? See, see, you prayed one day, God change me, God fix me, God deliver me, God grow me. What you did not understand is, part of the process of answering your prayer necessitated pain. Now, you asked for growth. You didn't ask for pain. But in order to get growth, you got to get some pain. You forgot what you prayed. And the fact of the matter is he's answering your prayer, but he's not answering it according to the way you thought he would. But how many of you know he's God all by himself? He doesn't need anyone's help, and he will give you what you need, but it may not look like what you asked for. She she misnames her blessing because whenever you look at God's blessings from your perspective of dysfunction, you will always misname what he's doing in your life. You gotta get this. Come a little bit closer. That whenever whenever you are in a place of pain where you're focusing on the pain, you will see a blessing. You'll call it a you'll call it a curse because it didn't come wrapped in the package you thought it would. Let me come a little bit closer though. So some of you are getting ready to give up on marriages because it's stressful and strainful. But what you do not know is God is answering the prayer you prayed by. By allowing you to learn patience because can't nothing teach you patience like marriage. I wish I get a witness here. Yeah, yeah. You wanted to become less selfish and self centered. So God puts you with somebody that will pull that out of you from the deepest places that you forgot where you hid your selflessness. I wish I had a witness. Could it be that you're giving up on the very instrument God is using to answer your prayer? You getting a divorce and what you're doing is not getting a divorce from the person. You might be divorcing yourself from your destiny. Because because in the process, there must be some pain. She feels the pain, and the text is clear. Because she has hard labor, she sees because it's hard, it can't be God. Mm. I don't know where you got this erroneous, where we got this erroneous theology that if it's hard, it ain't God. No, in fact, the reality is if it's hard and you know God called you to it, then that's the best place for God to show up because how many of you know he specializes in doing the impossible? But the truth of the matter is a lot of us say he's God, but then we won't put him in situations where he can be God if you could do it by yourself you don't need him if you could pay for it yourself you don't need him come here let me help you I know you got a budget for the new property I know you prayed I know you went through all the due diligence and that's good it's good to go through due diligence but let me tell you what I would tell my churches if the budget does not have faith in it then you are not a church you're an organization Because if, there's, if there is no faith factor in the budget where you can't pay for it, where you can't do it, where you don't see where it's coming from, you are no different than a regular business or organization. They got budgets, but they don't budget faith. And I'm tired of church people talking about well, I don't see where the money is, I don't see how it's gonna work out, I don't know how this thing's gonna turn around. Man, you are a church, and churches believe in a God who owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills, for the earth is the Lord's uh, and the you got to understand you're a church. You're founded on the, on the blessings of God that you know that your God shall supply all your needs not according to your bank account, not according to your tithes, not according to your offerings, but according to his riches in glory. Glory. If it's hard, it's God. If it's impossible, it's God. If it doesn't look like it's going to work out, it's God. If you can't do it in your own strength, it's God. Somebody holler, it's God. He, he, watch this now. He, he, she feels the pain. And so she misnames the blessing. But she misnames it because she misunderstands it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she forgot that you can't give birth to a child unless there's some pain because the pain represents uh, that the child is coming, Hmm, hmm. Uh, that that, that something is happening. If there's no pain at the time of labor, uh, then perhaps something may be wrong, but What she doesn't understand is the pain is part of the process so there can be manifestation of the request. You're going to get it in a minute. So, So she misunderstands it, therefore misnames it. Many of us are blaming stuff on the devil that is not the devil's fault, but it's actually God's activity. Ah, this trial I'm going through, the devil is busy. No, the devil ain't busy, God is busy could it be that you're blaming the devil for stuff that God has orchestrated so that he can bring you closer to depending on him I think the devil is tired of getting blamed for stuff that God is up to uh, you don't believe me come here Job Job is minding his own business God and those are in council and the Bible says that, that 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 Satan comes and he says uh, God says hey man what you doing he says I'm going to and fro in the earth looking who I can mess with and and it's God not not Satan it's it's God, not Satan. Let me say it again. It's God, not Satan, who comes up with the bright idea of trying Job. He said, Have you considered, my servant? Mm, you're going to get it in a minute. So, 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 when we read that, we would say, Well, the devil is messing. No, it was God's idea. Have you ever considered that the pain you're in was because God referred your name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever considered that it wasn't Satan's idea to try you, but it was God's idea to try you. That when Satan was doing interviews for tribulation, God sent a recommendation letter with your name on it and said, I refer her to you why not because he wants to see you hurt not because he wants to see you have pain but because he's trying to glorify himself in your experience and the greatest glory he can get is to have somebody go through hell and still bless his name to have somebody go through hell and still show up at church on sabbath to have somebody go through hell and say naked I came into this world and naked I shall leave the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away but blessed be the name of the Lord do I have anybody here who wants to have that kind of testimony I've been through hell but blessed be the name hmm can I preach it like I feel it? Yeah. So she 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 misnames it because she misunderstands it and some of you are misnaming what God sent your way. You're walking away from what is going to help develop you. You're calling tribulation, tribulation but it's only character formation. You're calling it trial but it's really ethical reformation. You're trying it mess, you're calling it mess and hell but it's really God being in your life. She misunderstands she misnames but thank God there's Jacob you read the text right she yells out of her dysfunction and calls her son Benoni son of my pain Jacob hears it he whips around and says no you will not ah I like it right through here no you will not call him Benoni he will not be defined by your deficiency he will not be confined by your pain. He will not be limited by your experience. No, he is not Benoni. He is Benjamin. Now you missed your shout cube, maybe because you don't know what Benjamin means. But Benjamin means "Son of my strength." Ah uh, did you see what he did? she named him out of her pain but he named him out of his strength somebody ought to thank God, let me do it again she named him out of her pain but he named him out of his strength, don't you know that's just what God did for you when people called you names based on their own experiences, when people judged you based on their own deficiency. Oh, okay, okay, you you missed that. Uh, Catch this. People often call you based on the issues they have. They will project on you the mess they go through. That's why I I, I laugh when I hear ultra-conservative people talking down their nose of sanctimonious snobbery on people that they think have not lifted or got to the level of religion that they are at. It's because ultra-conservative people love to project. Mm -hmm. The reason why they judge your lifestyle is because they used to live that same lifestyle and they've just covered it up with religion. Yeah, yeah, And this is why Jacob says, Jacob says, I'm not going to name you based on your mother's experience. I'm not going to let your mother project her dysfunction on you. I'm going to call you Benjamin. Watch this, because I'm going to call you not according to what she's been through, but according to what God has for you. And somebody ought to praise God right there. That your name was not limited by what your predecessors have been through. But your name now is attached to the destiny God has for you. He says, your your name is Benjamin, son of my strength. In a real sense, he transfers his strength to his son in the same way that the mother tried to transfer her pain to the Son. That sounds a lot like righteousness by faith, that Jesus transfers his righteousness to my life so that anything I do that is good is not credited to me, but it's credited because Jesus Christ is righteous. He said, you will watch this, you will be identified not by what you've done, but you will be identified by what I've done. Oh, okay, let me try that again. That, that can you imagine what would happen if we had to sign our name based on our issues? Can, can, can you only imagine if, we, if, if when you signed your signature on a check that you could not write your names as James or John or William, but you had to write what you do and what you've done. Imagine if you have to sign your check, Liar. If if you had to sign gossiper, if you had to sign uh, 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 one who has been an adulterer, idolater, imagine if if hovering above your head were all the names of the issues that you have. Where folks didn't greet you, Sister Jones, but hello, Sister Adulterer. Good to see you. Happy Sabbath, brother liar. Can you just imagine? Because understand this. Names denote character. That's why I asked you to ask your neighbor what is your name because the name is not what they were called by their parents. Their name denotes character. This is why Jacob changes the name. Because watch this. This family has a bad habit of naming the wrong name. I'm in the Bible, you know. Uh, uh, Jacob was named that name because that name means trickster, supplanter, liar, and stealer, and thief. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abraham, before he was Abraham, was Abram. See, this family had a history. Uh, They had a history of lying. They had a history of taking things that did not belong to them. And yet God, in his grace, oh, hallelujah, still had his hand of favor on this family. So watch this. Jacob says, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to do to you what was done to me they named me Jacob and every time they called me they reminded me I was a thief. Every time they called me they reminded me that I could not be trusted. I will not do to you what was done to me. I wonder who I'm preaching here to today where you've got to break the cycle. Some stuff was done to you, said over you, spoken over you. Some of you hear me today the struggle that you have is not because you're not ambitious, not because you're not hardworking, not because because you, not, you don't have self-control. It may be that something was spoken over you that is now messing with your destiny. But in the name of Jesus, I came to let you know that it can stop today. Is there anybody here who's willing to say, it stops with me? I know granddad had this issue, but it stops with me. I know grandma had this issue, but it stops with me. Oh, don't look at me like everything's cool and dandy in your family. There's some dysfunction that's been passed down to you. There's some negativity that's in your spirit. And you've got to say today in the name of Jesus, it stops with me. I'm not going to let the next generation repeat the sins of the former generation. Because if God be before us, who can be against us? Watch this. Here's why he's able to do this. And then I'll get out your way. He's able to rename, watch this, rename the pain because of where he had been. Read verses 1 through 15 when you get home of Genesis 35 and it will tell you that he had been somewhere that changed his perspective so that he could rename his pain. The Bible says that he got to a place called Bethel. He got to a place and there at Bethel he met with God. They had a holy conversation. And in right there in the presence of God, he was given the power to rename his pain. Uh, I want you to notice the reason why Rachel does this is because Rachel had not been where Jacob had been. Wow. All right, all right, Doc. Uh, understand, uh, Rachel was a, get this, Rachel was a worshiper. She worshiped Jehovah just like her husband. Uh, Rachel, uh, you know, had, had, had worship, but, but there's something different between a person who worships every now and again and a person who stays in the presence of God. Notice the reason why Rachel gives up and names the child Benoni is because she had not been in the presence of God. Jacob was in the presence of God, so because he comes out of the presence, he has a different perspective. If you just show up to church and have worship once a week on Sabbath when the praise team is here and the spirit is high and the fellowship is strong, that's cool. But when you go through pain on Monday, you will misname your pain. Why? Because you left the presence of God in the confines of these four walls that's why the Bible said it was Bethel the house of God because the house of God is not a place where you limit God to working miracles Bethel the house of God is wherever God shows up do I have some witnesses here? the problem with church is we think the building is church so if there ain't no praise team we can't get pumped up to worship him if there ain't no music nobody's slaying on the microphone we can't get happy but do I have a few people who can have church all by themselves I mean have you ever been in the grocery store and swiped your credit card hoping that your groceries would be paid for and God multiplied your account in a miraculous way and you left with more than you deserved that's a Bethel moment is there anybody here who been thinking about the goodness of God on the road and had to pull over and give him a pull over praise take your hand off the steering wheel and bless his holy name that's a Bethel moment is there anybody here who was getting ready to do wrong and you heard the Holy Ghost say no not tonight you got to go home to your own bed that's a Bethel moment moment. You better shout today that you don't have to be limited to four walls to bless his name because God can show up any place. I gotta get into his presence because it's in his presence. I mean, Pastor Kim sang about it. The praise team talked about it. It's in his presence. In his presence, my mind is changed. In his presence, I see things differently. In his presence, what you say about me does not matter. What only matters is what he said about me. It's in his presence, and I need more of his presence. I can't limit it to one day a week because the presence on Sabbath may not help me with the devil on Monday. It might not help me with that hard headed Negro on Tuesday might not keep me when my boss gets on my nerves on Wednesday it might not hit me it might not keep me when someone cuts me off in the traffic on Thursday it might not keep me when the kids get on my nerves on Friday but how many of you know you need the presence of God every single day every single moment not just Sabbath but I need thee oh I need thee every hour. I need Thee. What's I feel it. I feel it. Oh God! Father, I stretch my hands to Thee. No other help I know. If you withdraw yourself from me, where shall I go? I need him. I got to give. Go. Uh, watch this. He stays in the presence. And what happens is, read it when you go home. Jacob, God says to Jacob, your name is no longer Jacob. Now this is not the first time he changed his name. Please, get this. This is not the first time God tells Jacob, your name ain't Jacob. But he's got to remind him. Because what happens is, and, and, and you could testify, that sometimes when you mess up, after God has spoken to you, you think that your sinful action has canceled out his declaration. Jacob had messed up between the first time God changed his name and the second time. So he started to refer to himself as the old Jacob. But 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 it does not matter what you do, it does not matter how you're still struggling, it does not matter if you are imperfect because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It does not matter your action, you are still who God said you were and I like this right here because it, what it lets me know is I've got to stay in his presence long enough to believe what he said the first time. Some of us rush in and out of the presence of God that we forget what God said about us. Might I also let you know that the reason why he can change the name of the pain is because, watch this, it is because God not only changes his name and because God changes his name he can rename the pain in the presence of God. You do not have a right to name your pain pain. In, unless you're in his presence because you don't know what you're dealing with you, you, you are not allowed to call something a trial unless you declare that in his presence mm, you gotta get this because outside of his presence You become so emotional that you don't understand that it's God at work, not the enemy. And the problem is, many of us are naming things we ain't got no business naming. Because watch this, Rachel was never supposed to name the child. Only men, only the fathers could name the child. The reason she names it is because she names it in her pain. If she was in her right mind, she would have known she had no business calling the boy's name because only the father can do that. Oh, you missed that shout, huh? That nobody has the right to call you according to your issue because only your father can name you. I wish I had somebody here who could just thank God that the people who talked about you had no right to talk about you. Only your father can do that. That the people who gossiped about you had no right to gossip about you because only your father can talk about you. Do you know why? I'm glad you asked. Because your father holds your destiny in his hand. When people gossip about you, they are talking about your present, but they don't understand the perspective of your destiny. So the reason why God says gossipers will not be in heaven is because you're judging the present when God is working on my future. In other words, he's not through with me yet. I got to sit down, but uh, uh, here's the last thing. So he says, you're not Benoni. You are not what you've done. You are not your dysfunction. You are not your abuse. You are not somebody else's issues. You don't belong to your family. You belong to me. You are son of my. St- I came to tell somebody today, I know you love your family, but you don't belong to them. I know you love your wife, uh, but you don't belong to her. I know you love your. Sp- you don't belong to them. You belong to God. And don't let anybody who didn't bring you into this world label you because of what you you've done. You belong to God. When she gives birth, the Bible says she dies. Watch this. She gives birth to her prayer request. Watch this. Her, her prayer request comes to fruition, but she does not live to see all of it. She dies because God is not ultimately invested in in your personal definition of success. See, many of us would have said, well, she lost because she died. Yeah. But you got to remember, there is a difference between a job and a calling. There's a difference between a season and an assignment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that when she gives birth, you would think, well, maybe that's the end. But remember, the boy's name is Benjamin. Benjamin would grow up and have descendants. One of his descendants would be standing in Acts chapter 9, holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen. same descendant of Benjamin would be on his way to Damascus one day to persecute the church and run into the presence of Jesus. That same descendant of Benjamin would be now blind and waiting on God to open his eyes. That same descendant would be changed from Saul to Paul. That same descendant would write Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God you missed it let me rewind and do it again if there was no Rachel there would be no Benjamin if there was no Benjamin there would be no Saul and if there wasn't a God Saul would have stayed Saul but God changed his name from Saul to Paul and if we didn't have Paul we wouldn't know that all the hell you go through God is working together for your good somebody say yeah Yeah, yeah, he's working it together for my good. It might not look good right now, but he's working it together. For my good, that word work means weave, which means he takes a strand from that place, and he takes a strand from that place, and he takes a strand from that place, and he weaves it together. For your good, somebody missed your shout. I didn't say it would feel good, but it would be for your good. I thank God he still changes names. Is there anybody here who needs a name change? Is there anybody here who needs a different identity? In the name of Jesus, you want to thank God his blood purchased another name. Yeah! 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 I told Jesus. It would be all right uh, if you changed my name. Mm. Everyone's standing all over the building. Here's. Here's what God's been trying to say to you. Here's what God's been trying to say to you. Your pain is distorting your perspective. That the prayer you prayed, he's actually answering. But just because it comes with some pain doesn't mean it's God. Could it be that God delivers you not from your pain, but that God delivers you in it? Some, some of the most beautiful things come with pain and, and today I came to let somebody know hear me because there's somebody here you're dealing with the pain of something you didn't do to yourself well, somebody did it to you well, they didn't ask your permission they, 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 they didn't get your consent whether it's abuse of any kind or whether it's just living of the baggage, living with the baggage from your genealogy. Maybe people said things to you that disturbed your spirit and made you believe you couldn't when God said you could. I came here to let you know that God always speaks Benjamin when people around you speak Benoni. That God will cancel out The negative prophecies, people around you, because it could not only be haters and enemies, sometimes the people closest to you. This was his mother. I want you to get this. Some of you, and I feel this right now in the spirit, hear me. Some of you right now are wrestling, hear me, you're wrestling with believing the negative things people have said because they are related to you. And you were taught, especially in black culture we have this, you were taught that you just live with it because it's family. The devil is a liar. Let me tell you, let me tell you what Jesus did. I'm just ministering now. Let me tell you what Jesus did. One time Jesus was preaching and they got so mad at him, they sent for his mother and brothers. And he was preaching in a house. They sent for his mother and said, "You need to come get this boy. He is crazy." And Jesus' mother was coming to correct him. Jesus was inside, and and and, and somebody said, "Hey, your mother told you to come outside." And this is what and this is a text I've never heard people talk about in church. Jesus said, "Who is my mother?" Jesus said, who is my mother? You ain't, who, who has the nerve to stop me from doing what God is telling me to do? He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? And watch what he said. He defined family. Because we got family wrong. He defined family. He said, my brothers and my sisters are those who do the will of God. You know why I told you that? Because some of you are not free because somebody in your family has defined your destiny for you. And I came here today with a liberating word to let you know. Hear me. Your mother, you can love her. You can respect her. Your father, you can love them. You can honor them. But they do not hold your destiny in their hands. Only God does. Don't let anyone give you a name that God didn't give you. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. Because today, somebody's going to get free. Somebody's going to get free. You're going to get free from that person who has been defining and confining you. You're going to get free from the pain of the past that has been ruining your present and your future. You're going to get free of the negative prophecies of society and culture and people around you. And yes, even church people. You're going to get free from all of that. And today you're going to believe that you are who your father said you are. And if you're here and you want to get free of what people have said about you and what you believed about yourself and you want to believe right now what God says you are, I need you right down front. I want to pray for you. I I need to get free of what people said about me, of what I believed I was. I want to be free from the things that I've done in the past. I want, I know that God says he forgives. I want to get power to forgive myself. I, I, want, I don't want to be limited by my family culture. I don't want to be defined by what society says I can and cannot achieve. I need a new name. And today I want to pray a name-changing prayer. But here, here, there's another, there's, another, there's another appeal I need to make. If there's somebody here, you've been in church, but you're not in Christ. Because there can be a difference. You, you've been in the building, but you're not letting him build you up. You, you've come to a service, but you've never accepted a savior. Today, here is your chance. If you're here and you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Because that's how you change your name. See, if you come to him with who you are, he will give you a new identity and a new name. And somebody here needs to change their name from sinner to sinner saved by grace. And if you're here today, say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I I just want you to raise your hand wherever you are. Right now, just raise your hand. Say, I I need need that name change. And if you're here, and and as you raise your hand, just come down front because I want you to get to be part of this name-changing prayer. And I'm going to pray to the Father who gives new names. And I'm going to ask him to reset your identity. I'm gonna ask him to give you a new name. And hear me today, after this prayer is prayed and you believe this by faith, don't go back and act, listen, don't go back and let people re identify you as the old person. Hear me, hear me. It doesn't mean when you get a new name, all your behavior changes immediately. That's not what the Bible says. The process, it's a process of sanctification. So, so even though you're going to have a new name, you still going to have some of those old desires. But here's what the Bible says. It is Christ that works in you, both to will, that's the desire, and to do, that's the ability of his good pleasure. So the good news of the gospel is, is that God will come into your life and keep his will in you, not your power, not your strength. So don't worry if you have the same thoughts on Monday. Don't worry if you have the same struggles tonight. Your sin doesn't cancel out his name. Oh, praise God. Your sin doesn't cancel out the name he gives you. We're going to pray. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you just lift your hands to heaven as a sign of acceptance what God is doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, the greatest name, that name that means salvation, We pray in that name today, as the power of the Lord is present to heal. God, would you just heal past hurts right now? Would you heal the memories of neglect, abandonment, abuse that have been defining our thoughts and our actions? God, can you please just heal right now? What people, heal us from what people have said that we believed heal us from negative prophecies people spoke over us and help us not to believe that we are what we have done but help us to believe we are what you did on Calvary we have victory, we have salvation we have redemption, grace and mercy now in the name of Jesus would you change our names may we no longer be identified by what we've done but now may we walk into the fullness of your destiny for us. Father, may the, may the genie, the genetic mess that has gone on in our family stop right now with us. And God, we pray that we will not pass our mess on to the next generation. Right now, in the name of Jesus, may the spirit of defeat leave us. May the spirit of condescension leave us. May the spirit of shame and guilt leave us. Right now, in the name of Jesus, there is another name you're giving us. Father, we receive it. Father, we believe it. And by your grace, we'll grow up into it. Thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you. We'll praise you right now. We'll praise you right now for the changes we're going to see later. We'll bless you today for what we're going to see on Wednesday. We'll give give you praise on credit for what you're going to do next month because you're worthy in Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless his name. Going from my heart are the